I can. Aren't you going to try to impress me with your no. playing teeth? No. All right. Do you, don't you need to play the guitar that starts? Yeah, I'll play that one. I think that is me. I do play that Right? I was going to say, I think listeners believe that you hear with your guitar because you are a good guitar player. That would be funny. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Full Cup. Today, I am here with our one and only guest appearer. <laughs> our only guest. Our only <laughs> That keeps guest. coming back. Uh, my sister, Rachel Waters. So the last, I split up the last episode into right. two parts, and we haven't released the second one yet, which is on love. Um, but so far, everyone has, I've gotten a lot of feedback from it, so... Uh, Thank you for listening, and today we actually are at 20,000 downloads. I celebrated by inviting mom to lunch and then having her buy my lunch and not (laughs) telling her that we were celebrating I love it. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. That makes me so happy. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, People are... We've actually, Jeanette told me today at work, our secretary, that she had like four calls today from the podcast of people wanting to get in. So that's great. Good work, Libby. Awesome. Okay. So anyway, Rachel is here today to talk about a really good topic, boundaries, which is like, I mean, that's so, yeah. Friends, family, children, uh, coworkers, coworkers, church people, um, on and on and on. All, yes. Clients. Influence, yes. So many different things. I, I have to start out by saying, though, I've listened to myself in these podcasts. I go and listen to them by myself under my blanket <laughs> at home because <laughs> it's a little intimidating to hear yourself. Yeah. Right? Kind of when you're a kid and you listen to yourself on a tape recorder. Um, I say the word oftentimes. Oftentimes. So much. <laughs> uh, so if I say it, you better kick me in the shin or something. It's okay. Well, let me what say, else do you want to say instead? Well, I'll tell you what I oh, want to say. Lots of times. I am a catastrophic thinker by nature that comes with my anxious self. So my vocabulary is usually always, never, every time. Like you, you yeah. do that every time. You always or you never ask my husband. because Well, and that. that's part of, I feel like our birth old bonus in our family that people tease us about because we are so dramatic. Because we all have anxiety, apparently. Yes. I don't know. That's just so, a part of the birth old bonus. Yeah. So my shift from trying to move away from being catastrophic was oftentimes. Hmm. But because I'm catastrophic so much, <laughs> I use oftentimes way too often. So you're going to well, now me people are going to, now everyone's <laughs> going to notice. They're going to keep a ticker. Ding, ding, oftentimes. Ding. Okay. Good. But back to boundaries. So boundaries, I'm going to start out by talking a little bit about emotional self-reliance. Um, And I take this from my dad, something that he used with me as a kid, something that I learned in watching him do his workshops and different things I use with my clients at the first session, almost the first, every first session that I meet with clients. We talk about emotional self-reliance and I use a box as a metaphor, right? I have a metal Mm -hmm. box that Libby gave me. That's going to be a little different than the one I use. Mine's a beat up tissue box, but this is a pickup sticks and metal Jackson Jackson ball box. I (laughs) hear it. (laughs) Anyways, um, emotional self-reliance. I'm going to represent with this box being emotionally self-reliant means that I get to decide what I think and what I feel. 
Mm -hmm. Okay. Now that can be a difficult thing, right? Because we have experiences of people that are influencing that. So how I'm going to show this to you, Libby, is I'm going to explain this to you. I'm going to say that this box is my box of happiness. This is Rachel's box of happiness. Okay. okay? And I'm going to say to you, and this is metaphor, right? I'm going to use this as a metaphor because this helps gives us give us information into a different part of our brain, which can help us force understanding greater than just giving you the knowledge about yes. what we're talking about. So I'm going to say to you, Libby, metaphorically speaking, I have not had a great day today. I'm not feeling very happy. First of all, I woke up and it's cold. Mm-hmm. Second of all, my house is a mess. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a lot of things on my plate and I felt overwhelmed. My kids got up late. I left my kid at school yesterday and my youngest always seems to remember all of those things that I do more than the rest Mm -hmm. of my kids. And so I'm just going to say, I'm not feeling very happy today, but knowing you and the happy, loving, kind person that you are, I'm going to ask you if you'd be willing to hold my box. Oh, oh, you're one of those people. (laughs) (laughs) But you took it. Thank you. Because now that you're holding it, Yeah. I don't have to worry about my happiness, right? Yeah. I'm just starting to like you less. (laughs) Well, good, Libby. That's showing that you have some boundaries. Thank you. No, but I'm going to, so I'm going to stick with this for a minute. So I'm holding her box now. Yes. And I, so I feel a release. Yes. Libby, I know loves and cares for me and she's going to care for my box of happiness today. So I don't have to worry about it. I know I'm going to be happy, but as I watch you holding it, I don't really like the way you're holding it. Because I don't feel like I am like important. Mm. Can you hold it like higher? Mm. You're just mm-hmm. kind of holding it okay. really nilly, like even higher. As high, thank you. As high as you can. Up above my head. Her hand is as waving high in it the like air. a cheerleader. Thank you. Go, Rachel, happy. And how Go do you think happy, that makes Rachel. me feel? You look pretty happy because you're prioritizing me. Mm-hmm. You're making me a priority that you're willing to do the work I need you to do for me to be happy. Mm. Now, what if I need you to hold it like that all day? I mean, I told you, I've had some things that have made me feel pretty unhappy. Yeah. Well, I don't think I could do that. And what would happen if you couldn't do it? Uh, it would just start to slowly fall down. And how do you think I would feel? I, You're looking a little upset. Yeah. Because those are my feelings. Yeah. I need you to do that for me. You can't do that for me. I've told you, I've mm-hmm. had a bad day. You're my sister. You love me. I know. So I'll like help you. A little bit. I'll lift it up for a minute. Okay. Well, what if I said to you, that's not good enough. Give me back. I'm grabbing back my box. And I'm going to go find someone that's nicer than you. I'm going to go ask my sister, Sarah. Yeah, she'll do it. I think she will hold it all day. Actually, Sarah probably wouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyways, how would that make you feel if I said, I'm going to go find someone else that's going to do it better than you? A better sister, a better friend. It probably would make me feel kind of bad. Like... Oh, sorry. I mean, part of me feels relieved, but part of me feels bad. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Let me ask you this. Is it effective for you to be holding my box of happiness? No, I don't think so. Why? Well, because you've got to figure that out on your own. And what was interesting is I asked if you would help. I handed it to you, took it. Were you then helping or were you doing? I was doing. Right. Because no part of me was connected to the box anymore, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is it effective for you to be holding my box? No, not for me to learn. But as the box owner, I would say it's effective for me because then if I'm not happy, guess who I get to blame? Me? Yeah. And sometimes I don't want to be responsible 
yeah. for my thoughts, for my feelings, for my emotions. Cause it's much easier to say, well, Libby, if you would just do it right. Or Andy, my husband, if you would just do this, then I could be happy or kids or boss mm-hmm. or friend or whatever. If you would just do this, then I could be happy. Yeah. So it's not effective for me in learning. Right. But my emotions might tell me it's effective because then I don't have to be responsible. Mm -hmm. But that's not emotional self-reliance, right? Mm -hmm. Now, as a parent, if we flip this off, oh, I caught myself many times. Many times. (laughs) And I'm a parent of four, so I get this. I might say to my oldest, Whitney, I'm going to take your box of happiness and I'm going to hold on to it for you because I'm your mom. I know you. I love you. I know what's going to make you happy. If you just listen to what I say, do what I say, think and say and feel what I tell you to, you're going to be happy. Mm -hmm. Now, what do you think about that? As a parent, do you ever do that to your kids? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Because you do know them, right? Uh And you desire for them to be happy. Yeah. But when you take it for them, do they know how to do it? No. No. No, not only that, sometimes an unintended consequence of trying to take someone else's box to help them is not even consciously. You may do something that if this was a different box and I could crush it, Yeah. but you may be injuring the box in the way that you're holding it, Yeah. the way that you're doing it. Okay. Now, is it okay for me to ask you for help? Yes. Yes, it is. And I'll tell you, not only is that okay, it's necessary because I think asking for help is vulnerable. That's how we form connections, Mm -hmm. being vulnerable with one another. So for me to say, Libby, gosh, I'm struggling. Can you help me? And Mm. you saying yes, but help looks like this. I liked that line that being vulnerable is how you make connections. Because I feel like a lot of times I'm hanging out with people and we're having a good time. But we maybe aren't connecting as much as we could. But that is so true. But it's so hard to also be vulnerable. But it does provide opportunity to really connect or to really be pushed away. (laughs) Yes, it's so true. And so being vulnerable and asking, that is a courageous move, right? And Mm -hmm. all of you Brene Brown fans out there right now that are listening are going, yes, we use the word vulnerability and courage. And those are her hot, she's a hot social worker right now, has a lot of stuff out that's really great, talks about vulnerability a lot, but it is how we connect. So it is not only okay, Mm-hmm. it's necessary at times to say, can you help me? But help looks like this. I have a finger under, you mm-hmm. have a finger under, mm-hmm. but what if I go, Oh, it's getting too heavy, Libby. I, Oh, look, I pulled my finger out and you still are hanging on to it. <laughs> Helping is when the box owner no longer is in the game. Not, neither are you, you let it fall. And then who has to pick it up? You do. You do. And is that easy? No, it's not. When your box has been dropped, when it's been stomped on, Putting it back together, picking it up, that's hard. But that's how you learn. That's how you learn emotional self-reliance. I get to decide what I think and what I feel. Okay, so we're going to talk about that now in regards to boundaries. Okay. There are a lot of people whose identity is being a box holder. Yeah. Yes, people. Oh, yeah. I've been that. I've been known to do everything for everyone. People know they can ask me and I will say yes. Mm -hmm. I fill my cup. I fill my value when people need me. Mm -hmm. So I go around trying to carry everyone else's boxes. Now, not only does that get weighty for the person carrying the boxes, but is that effective for whose boxes you're trying to take? 
No, no, they're not going to learn how to do it if you're doing it for him. Right. Yeah. So coming to boundaries and talking about emotional self-reliance, also there's this idea of have to versus choose to people who identity is centered on being a box holder many times feel like they have to hold boxes because if they don't, people aren't going to like them. They're going to go find someone else. It's the only way they can manipulate people into thinking that they're great. So how we go about helping people and how we do it effectively is instead of having to, I have to do this for you, I'm going to choose to. And when you choose to, that usually means there's some boundaries that are in place around it when you can have choice. Okay. Now I'm going to use a house as an example to talk about boundaries. Anyone can come to your front door, right? Mm-hmm. Unless you have like a gate out in front of your yeah. house, but pretty much anyone can mm-hmm. approach your home. Of the people that knock on your door, how many people do you let in? Uh, if you just knock on my door, chances are I won't answer the door. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I so- don't answer the door with it. I, I tangent. I just remember growing up, like the door would knock and it would be like, someone's at the door, get it. And we just always opened the door. And it would be like a salesperson or something. And then I had a friend who I would knock on her door and I would know she was home and she wouldn't answer. And I'd call her and she'd be like, oh, sorry, I don't ever answer my door. And I was like, oh, I really like that idea. Good boundaries, right? (laughs) Why did I think I always had to open my door? I don't have to always open my door. Okay, you're making this point for me with the house. Anyone can come to your door. Are you someone that feels like you always have to get your door? And when you do open your door, of the people that are at your door, who do you let in? Uh, family and friends. Okay. So fewer, So anyone can come to your door, but of that group of people, those that get mm-hmm. to come in is smaller. Yes. Now, of those you let in, how many people do you let beyond your family room? Mm. Well, I'm, I am, I, <laughs> I, Kind of would let anyone in past my family room. Okay. How about into your bedroom? (sighs) Yeah. No, not like in, but they could walk around and look. I don't, I'm just thinking of like our home and we've redone it and people want to come see what we've done. And I'm like, sure, come in, whatever. Okay. But but someone to sit and exist in your bedroom, your and Danny's bedroom. How about your and Danny's bathroom? How many people would you Mm. let hang out in there? Fewer? Yeah. Okay. So for me, anyone can come to my door. Fewer people do I let in the entryway. Yeah. Fewer than that do I let into my family room. Much fewer than that. Many fewer. That's not appropriate English, but do I let upstairs? Mm -hmm. Fewer do I let in my bedroom and hardly any would I let into my bathroom. bathroom. Why? Um, well, you keep all your jewelry in your bathroom. Safety, (laughs) personal right? There are things Uh that I hold personal Uh safety reasons, um, that my bedroom is a space that's mine and my husband's. It's not something that I just want anyone in there. Mm-hmm. And so I have seeing what you're taking, right? <laughs> I used to babysit for people. I know what babysitters do <laughs> try on all the mom's clothes. No, that wasn't me. Well, yes, it was, but anyways, um, the point I'm trying to make is based on what you value depends on what you let wear. That's the Mm -hmm. same with boundaries, our external boundaries. We have to know 
what we, and our internal boundaries, what we value, and then we set boundaries based on that. So I will say this, when you are trying to set up boundaries, and if you're not good at it, if you are a yes person and you realize, man, I've got so many boxes, I'm exhausted. Mm -hmm. I need to start handing some of these back or setting some of these down. That is going to require the use of the word no. Mm -hmm. When you haven't used no before and you first start using it, it's kind of like playing the violin when you've never played. It doesn't sound that great Mm -hmm. rolling off your tongue. The more you practice it, the better it becomes. And I tell people when you're starting to, when you're preparing to practice for this, the greatest way to do it is create space for change and for the unfamiliarity of it. When I started to make that shift of setting boundaries by saying no, it was hard for me to come up. I always felt like I had to have a reason. If I explain a reason, then they're not going to feel bad. If I can say, well, I totally would, but blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. Um, If you need that, great. I would say you don't need that. And I'll tell you why in a minute. But I had to create a space of how to come up with that. So I decided in my mind, when someone calls or asks me something, I'm going to give myself space to think about it. So I would say, let me get back to you. Yeah. Then I could sit and evaluate based on that day. What were my values that day? If I had busy things at school. Oh, I totally just realized I forgot to volunteer in Nash's class today. (laughs) Okay. Sorry. (laughs) I literally was supposed to be there 14 minutes ago. Okay. Go on. Do you need to go? No, it's, she told me, she said, if you can't come, it's okay. Okay. So based on what you have going on that day will affect the value on what you're able to accept and not accept. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So starting to say, no, let me get back to you. Let me check my schedule. Yeah. Creating a space if you're not comfortable with saying no until you learn to do it. And then start out by saying no. Your no, when you first start out, will probably come across something like, no. Yeah. And you're like, whoa, wow, whoops, that was a bit rough. Mm -hmm. But that's okay. Lean into the discomfort of it until you get better at it, until it becomes no, no. Mm -hmm. You know what? No. I'm sorry. That's not going to work for me. No. Until it becomes comfortable enough that you can say it now. Well, even still, I don't think I ever say the word no. I say, like you just said, that's not going to work for me. Or, oh, I'm sorry. Maybe next time. Yeah, because it feels softer. It does feel softer. But let me tell you why it's okay to say no. Mirror and matching. You Mm -hmm. guys talked about that, Mm -hmm. right, with dad? Your beliefs influence your cells, right? Yes. That gives off a vibration that people can feel without you even having to say anything. When you say no, I believe that you are subconsciously, your beliefs in being okay at saying no is telling that other person they can also say no to you. Yeah. And there's a mutual respect that's understood. A lot of people come at it and say, if I say no, they're going to think I don't like them or that I'm rude or or they're going to think you're being honest and they can be honest back. Yes. It reminds me of that quote that I don't know who said. It's like five people have said, but it's like, (sighs) I have it at the end of my email as my signature, but it's something like when you allow your light to shine, it gives other people's permission to let their light shine as well. Yes. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. I have that on my um, Instagram account. Yeah. Yeah. One of my, I talk about it all the time. It's so accurate. Yes. In 
Yeah. Okay. Marin matching. Right. Definitely. Because my honesty and what I'm available and accessible and willing to do means that I can accept your honesty, Mm -hmm. which means I can then ask you back. And, and you know what? I will find this just yesterday. My mom came to my house and asked me to color her hair. And I actually, it was like a tender moment for me because I haven't got to spend a lot of time with just my mom. Mm -hmm. And I know that things in have been changing for her over the past months with healing from my dad's stroke and things like that. And I was really excited to be able to do that. And she kept saying, I'm sorry. And if you have something more important and if you, you know, Mm -hmm. and it was deflating from the like preciousness of the experience. And I said, mom, you know, I'd say no if I couldn't do it. Yeah. And she said, yeah, actually you're right. So she didn't have to deflate the experience for fear of what it meant for me. Cause she knows I'm with someone that would say, Oh, I can't do that. Right. Yeah. And I hadn't. So we could just exist in the goodness of what was happening. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Also boundaries, I will tell you is a, is a form of discipline that helps you become more effective. The more you start to use it, it will creep into other areas of your life. Okay. When I was in school, I had a lot going on. I felt a little overwhelmed and I could never shut anything off because I never gave anything my full attention. Mm -hmm. And what I decided when I was in school is that I would pick Wednesdays. I did absolutely zero school, no school at all, which meant if I had a test or a paper due on Thursday, I had to be prepared on Tuesday or just accept that I wasn't going to do well because I didn't get to do it on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. And what that did, making that one boundary, that one small, actually it felt really big to me at the time. That is hard, yeah. um, Of saying, no, sorry, I can't do that because I told myself I wouldn't do that in, in accordance to school. When I did that, it made me become more effective with when I did my school. So I knew on Tuesdays, I set aside to make sure I was caught up in school. Mm-hmm. And because of that, on Tuesdays, if I was not with my kids, instead of having guilt going, oh, I haven't seen my kids all day, I'm the worst mom, blah, 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 blah. I knew that on Wednesday, I had nothing that mm-hmm. was going to distract me from being with my kids, which helped me be more effective in my time with them. And then it started to get to the point where I'd say, okay, well, then I know if on Wednesdays I want to be with my kids, that was my priority. That was my value that day. When someone called to say, hey, can you yada, yada, yada. Sorry, I can't. No. Right. Because I had already decided by setting that one boundary that on Wednesday, my priority was being a mom. And that's what I valued more enough than someone thinking I was nice, than trying to find my value by overperforming for someone else. My value that day was based on my ability to connect with my kids. Um, Also, when you are learning to say no, and you set boundaries to help kind of be more disciplined in other areas of your life. Oftentimes I'm, that's the one time I'm going to use it. Um, Once you say it, then you have to exist with the experience that just happened. Oh, I said, no. What are they thinking? What are they going to think? I should have said, yes. Could I really do it? I probably could have done it. Maybe I should have said yes. Mm -hmm. I will say this, be motivated out of change in who you are becoming the knowledge that you're learning and not the end result. Yeah. If the end result is, did I help my friend or not? Versus I'm learning to be more effective in my life by setting up some boundaries. Yeah, Use the journey as the motivation instead of the end result. Mm-hmm. So if you're a person that keeps flipping back around to 
but should I, could I, would I, what, what was your motivation? What are you learning in the journey and how is it helping you to become more effective Mm -hmm. in setting boundaries? Yeah. I like that because I feel like every time I've so many times I've said, so I'm just going to go with like the phase of life I'm actually kind of getting out of, but it was just watching people's kids. And, you know, I ask people to watch my kids and they ask me and, but there were times when I would have like so many kids over here and be feeling really overwhelmed and have to work that night and just thinking like, I got to get these kids out of here. I, I need to like focus on my family and, and then starting to say no and just feeling terrible. Like, oh, but I know how nice it is when someone watches your kid because I love it. Like I love to have that favor. I can check in when I need it, you know, because I've watched their kid or whatever. And I think I have slowly grown out of that phase, but I don't think I ever thought, why am I saying no? (laughs) Is it to make myself better, better at setting boundaries, better at taking care of myself? It was just exactly how you said, like, no, I just have to say no, because I have to have control over something in my life. And I don't even have anything I'm doing today. I could watch your kid, but I'm a jerk. Like, and then I just end up feeling like crap because, yeah. Yeah. Instead of thinking no, because actually today I haven't connected with my kids and I want the opportunity to do that. And I can't do it with a bunch Mm -hmm. of other kids here. Yeah. Right. And if you value watching someone's kids and other people, then you can implement that in your life and set a boundary where that can happen. Yeah. I'm not going to do this today because today... I'm going to let my kids' friends come or I'm going to watch my friends' kids because that's what I value and that's what's I'm going to make. That's going to be a priority for my day. Yeah. And the better you get at setting boundaries, the more you can identify what those things are. Mm-hmm. Now, I've disclosed that I had an anxious past, right? And I st- it's something that's still part of my life. Knowing that when I get going really fast, I can't sleep because I can't shut my brain down. Mm-hmm. So I realized I allow myself two things a day, two Sometimes three, but usually two, which means if I work, I allow one other thing. I know that I've set that boundary for myself and helping me be more effective with my own mental health. So what do you mean one other thing? Like you now will eat dinner also? It can be that, but it could be (laughs) if someone called and said, hey, I need you to do this for me. Well, if I realized I'm taking my kids to the doctor today and I have to work. No, I can't. Those are my two things. If I have meetings that I have to go to that I'm, you know, that I'm expected at, or I have, I'm taking dinner into a neighbor yeah. and if someone calls me, I can't. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to believe in multitasking. Mm-hmm. I don't. Once I started setting boundaries, I realized when I multitask, nothing ever got my full attention. I never felt like I did things well. Mm-hmm. And so finding that like, oh, I'm just a jerk because I'm not doing this. No, because when I do say I can do it, if I set a boundary means when I do it, I can do it well. Mm-hmm. And then that's yeah. that attribution back to yourself. Mm-hmm. I will say this too. When you don't say no, or or if your identity is the person, and I see a lot of people whose identity is the yes person, and they like it that way because people think they're the nicest and the kindest, and but it does get weighty. That's usually why they're in my office because I'm overwhelmed with my life. But when that is your identity, suddenly it becomes a have to. Yeah. And when things become a have to, resentment is very easily crept into that formula. Yeah. Right. And you don't feel like you have agency, even though you do, but you don't 
feel like you do. And there's not much worse feeling than yeah. that. And I, I remember saying yes to things and then thinking ill of the person that asked me. Right. <laughs> Instead yeah. of going, well, I'm the idiot that said yes. Yeah. And I should be able to own, like, if I were someone that asked someone and they said yes and then resented me for it, I would feel, first of all, I would feel like the connection there was poor, that they felt like, oh man, we're not close enough that they couldn't tell me what they're really feeling, Mm -hmm. which means I don't feel safe telling them how I really feel. Mm -hmm. So there is the idea of the mirror and matching behind setting boundary means you can accept my honesty and I can accept yours. And that's a vulnerability that helps us connect closer. Saying no takes courage. It is vulnerable to say, I can't. And it opens the opportunity actually for greater connection. Now, let me say this though. Setting boundaries, the the choosing to say no, does involve an element of love. Just being focused on yourself and no, 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 I just say no, because um, that can start to feel a little bit self-heavy. So I would say when you say no, look for how you connect it with love. Meaning, I'm going to say no because I'm loving the opportunity I have today to connect with my kids. Or I'm going to say, no, this is even, I have to make this decision when I see I'm getting a phone call and I'm sitting on the couch listening to my husband talk and we haven't talked in two days. And I think, okay, I'm loving this opportunity. I have to connect with my husband. So my motivation in not answering the phone is in my love of what I'm existing in right now. Yeah. Right. Well, I also think that, well, if you're raised in the LDS church or probably any Christian church. The scriptures talk about when you are in the service of your fellow being, you are in the service of God. So we look for opportunities to serve and it becomes a great thing until it doesn't. Um, I think that that can be a tricky line to find your balance and your boundaries. And because I want to be service oriented and I, I do feel great when I'm serving others, but not when it uh, becomes a have to. Yes. And I would say a lot of people where that becomes weighty is because they forget that they get to be on that list. Oh, yeah. Because somehow we think if we think less of ourselves, we're serving others when it's like, well, you can think of yourself less, but it doesn't mean you have to think less of yourself which means other people are not more rewarding than you are to compassion and love and empathy and all those things that you're so willing to offer someone else. Also though, sometimes we get so overwhelmed with the idea of someone, you know, I think the the coin term is lose yourself in service, which mm-hmm. I love, but someone redirected that for me and said, it's actually find yourself in service, losing yourself, finding yourself to Ooh. me. Those Such words a carry change. a difference, yeah. right? So finding yourself in service And when I learn to be effective in my life with boundaries, I can effectively serve because I am not multitasking all of the service, right? Mm -hmm. And also making sure that you're keeping an eye on a difference between helping and doing. A lot of times when we get bombarded with service, we feel like it's a have to and we're doing for everyone instead of supporting them and helping them in doing for themselves. So going religious on it, taking it to that perspective that you took it to, I would say that is how God does it. Yeah. He doesn't step in and say, here, I'm going to do this for you. He says, I'm there with you. Like, right. Hook Mm -hmm. your yoke to mine. I will help you. I will be there with you. I will support you in doing this. Um, 
Yeah. That takes it on a different. No, that's so true. I mean, that's exactly what dad preaches day in and day out is about assisting and helping and you're responsible for yourself, but, uh, you also want to help you want to help others and finding that balance. Our whole last podcast was about balance and, and also like the gray area between, um, talking about being self-reliant and then your kid teaching them to be self-reliant. But then if your kid comes to you and says, but you hurt my feelings and you say as a parent, well, deal with it. You got to get over it. I, and, and that that is actually not what he's talking about. Yes. There's a gray area in the air where it takes two people and this is where connection is made and conversation and building your relationship when you're able to be vulnerable and talk about it and say, I am sorry I did this X, Y, Z and working through it, supporting that person, helping that, helping your child or whoever that you're having a problem with, but not doing it for them or making them do it completely alone. alone. Yeah. Because they need you to learn how. Now I've talked a lot about physical boundaries, saying no, saying no also is important with emotional boundaries. And let me give you an example, and I'm going to tell you how to go about doing that. So um, I had someone recently tell me that I wasn't kind. And for me... (laughs) (laughs) Who is that? (laughs) Anyways, um, and for me, that was a difficult thing to hear. I mean, that that picks at you. And so I allowed myself to be sad for a minute. Um, But I I tried to be really insightful into my emotional response, which was... Well, she's a jerk. Yeah. That was my first response. My second response was, she doesn't like me. Third response was, I don't like her. Fourth response was, maybe she's having a bad day. Fifth response. I mean, I could come up with 10 different. All the different feelings you went through. Boundaries, right? I would say. And the one I decided to hang my hat on, the one that made me be able to move throughout my day most effectively was she's having a bad day. Mm-hmm. Now, whether or not that was the truth, that was the boundary I set for my emotions. That's the one that was the alternative truth that I hung my hat on and I believed to be true. And what it meant is that I could go throughout the rest of my day without carrying the weight of this lady doesn't like me. This mm-hmm. lady doesn't think I'm nice. Now, what ended up happening is I was contacted by her the next day and she apologized for having, she said, I was having a really bad day. I was so grateful for that experience and I'll tell you why. Had I given her the power to make me angry, upset, actually there was part, one of my truths was, oh, I better make her dinner mm-hmm. and let her know that I really am a nice person mm-hmm. and maybe I'll watch her kids and do all these things to convince her because somehow her opinion is making my feeling about myself She's yeah. getting in there and it's picking at me well, and I'm starting like to question. Seinfeld, everybody loves Jerry. Like when <laughs> his mom can't believe someone doesn't like him. Right? No, what? Come yeah. on. But I realized my boundary was getting wobbly. I was giving her opinion more power than my own truth. Yeah. I thought, and I had to sit and exist and say, I actually work really hard to be a kind person. So did I have a boundary on what her truth was versus mine and how I moved past that was I created an alternative truth that felt comfortable to me. And that's the one I hung on to. And it helped me be effective because when I saw her again, had I hung on to, she's a jerk mm-hmm. or she had it when I saw her again, how do you think I would have interacted with her? 
oh yeah, you probably wouldn't have interacted right? with her. And so setting emotional boundaries behind what we accept as truth, what we let influence our truth is just as important as those external boundaries. But I will tell you, they kind of will bleed into each other. Uh When you start practicing one, it empowers you to find ways to practice the other. Uh And so they kind of connect together. So when you can start implementing this, even in just small areas of your life, watch, because I believe that you'll see that it starts to kind of bleed into other areas Uh to help you become more effective emotionally as well as physically, Uh external, internal. Yeah. Those things. So, yeah. Cool. I yeah. like it. That's it. Boundaries. Well, wow. And so Great. I would say a challenge to you all, I would say if you are poor with boundaries, set a small one and just see, be your own researcher, your own investigator, set a boundary and then evaluate what it did to the rest of your day. Right. The thoughts that it triggered when you said no, did you sit and think, oh, they're going to think, oh, are they going to think your emotional boundary became wobbly when you're physical boundary was set Mm -hmm. and how did you reconcile and resolve that? I like that. And also just the idea of setting a boundary or saying no for the reason of learning to set boundaries. Yes. And that's the moment. I'm saying no because for no other reason, I have nothing else going on. I have all the time in the world maybe, but I am learning to set boundaries. Yes. I love that. That again, that's going back to the whole idea of let the, the learning process be the motivation of what you're becoming, not the end result. Yeah. So my challenge in you and setting a boundary is not the end result. It's so that you can learn more about who you're becoming in doing so and hanging on to that motivation of this is why I'm doing this. Also, I have a suggestion for you. Yeah. Podcasts. I think that you should ask people to ask questions on your Instagram account, your full cup Instagram account of things that they want to hear. Or do you already do that? Well, I have done it and I have some questions. Yes. If you have questions, submit them. You can DM me at the full cup podcast on Instagram. And thanks for listening. Have a good week. Good luck saying no to someone. (laughs) 